might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. This is Ethan Luck. And uh, first of all, sorry for the uh, delay, just a slight delay on this one and Grand Rapids. They'll be dropping this week. Uh, me and Clint's lives have been uh, extra hectic with touring, studio work, writing, all sorts of stuff. So uh, our apologies, but hey, we're doing it. We're making it happen. We're getting these last two North America shows in your ears as fast as possible. And uh, luckily, we got someone on the phone uh, from Michigan. Mr. TJ Mower is joining us for the first time on a Metal Tales. That's me. That is you, man. <laughs> what are you up to right now? Are you? Uh, it sounds kind of like when we talked earlier, you're like driving in your car or something? Yeah, I had to uh, leave the house. My wife gets up really early to go to work, and I was I knew I was going to be loud <laughs> right. and excited about this. So I, I, I hopped in the car, and I'm driving over to my, my job. Um, my shop so I can sit and talk. Oh, there you go. Not interrupt her and be loud <laughs> as I want. That's awesome, man. Yeah, my uh, my wife uh, probably has a similar schedule. She goes to bed uh, when she has to work next morning by about 6 p.m., but my studio is on the fully opposite end of the house, so I can I can make a little noise and not, and not bother her, but uh, but good call on your part. Yeah, yeah, she gets up at like 3. She has to be to work by 4, four o'clock. She's a baker. Dang, so, man. Uh, yeah, she's got a really weird schedule. Yeah, that's early. I think my my wife's up by about three fifty, four o'clock to get to there at five. Yeah, that sucks. I prefer my touring schedule where uh, I can sleep till noon. If I could do that, I would. But if you know, if I was able to sleep that long, that is about the latest I can sleep into currently. <laughs> I feel you on that one. But I'm still up at like nine at the very latest, usually about eight o'clock. But um. Uh, well, man, there's a, there's some good stuff to talk about. You and I were kind of chatting on the phone a little bit before I started recording here, and we'll get into that because uh, that kind of, just talking about it casually kind of sparked an idea to throw it in the episode a little bit. But um, let's jump into uh, like we do on all the metal tales. Kind of uh, give the listeners your your Metallica story when you came online, your first record you bought, uh, anything notable about that time in your life. Well, um, you know, I grew up in the '80s. I'm, uh, I'm 47. And, uh, I, you know, I knew about Metallica when I was in high school and junior high, but I never really listened to them all that much. I wasn't really into, like, heavy metal music all that much. Right. And, um, I mean, I don't know about everywhere, but where I grew up, like, all the people that listen to metal, we, they were stoners. <laughs> and they, yes. you know, they wore jean jackets and long hair, and they all hung out out front. Yep. school smoking. That was, that was the same the same as California, man. Hang out in front of the school, 7-Eleven, all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I just, that wasn't me, but when I went to, it was weird to think, because when I went to college, the first album I heard was um, Justice, and that just totally sold me on them, right. and you know, I, start, I started investigating the back catalog, and that was 1990, and then 91, uh, sophomore year of college, that's when the Black Album came out, so everybody blew up on the Black Album. Um, and of course we did too. We listened to it all the time in school, but um, the thing was, the more I listened to the Black Album, the more I like kept going to the back catalog and listening to the old stuff. And um, 
the real, real peak was when uh, the live shit box set came out. Oh yeah. And I heard that's the first time I had ever heard them live. I've never been to a concert, never didn't know what they sounded like live. When I heard them live, that just kind of blew my mind that they sounded so, you know, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, honestly, I thought they sounded better live than they did on the record. So that really sold it on me. I mean, God, there's, there's, especially back then, man, the energy level and those things. I mean, I remember listening to, uh, and we mentioned this on the last episode, listening to KNAC back in the day, and they, when they would do Mandatory Metallica, they would have live clips from different things, and it was and it was before that box set came out, and so I got to hear that kind of stuff early on when I was just getting into the band, and it was like mind-blowing how powerful they sounded. Yeah, and the thing is, like, when you're young, you don't know that, like, what you're hearing on a record is highly produced. Of course, then, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I started going to shows when I was in high school, it was like, what the hell is this? This sounds like shit, you know, and it's like you really, you know, you, you start to understand that the live stuff doesn't sound the same as uh, the records, you know, the, the recordings. But when I heard Metallica, I was like, and they sound way better. Yeah, totally. Man. <laughs> so um, that's what really got me like crazy Metallica fan. And, you know, it just kind of took off from there. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of like everybody. Well, I'm not everybody, but a lot of people when, you know, the uh, St. Anger CD came out. I wasn't real excited about it. You know, I was sure. like, boy, this kind of sucks. And after what they went through, you know, it took so long to record it. And then once, once some kind of monster came out, I'm like, what the hell is going on with this band? And so my fandom really kind of dropped off for a couple of years there after St. Anger. But then it popped back up when, um, you know, Death Magnetic came out and it sounded so great. And, yeah, totally. Um, so I've been, you know, crazy Metallica fan once again since then. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So basically, so Justice was the record that, that was your coming online moment. Yes. And that, you know, when anybody asks me, I always say Justice is my favorite album, but, you know, it just kind of depends on the day. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, lately, I've been really digging on Ride the Lightning. Yeah, um, me too, man. Know, and and even Kill Em All. Uh, you know, there's so many good songs in that, in that CD, and it's just, there's really nothing bad. There's no, even the music that you don't love about Metallica, it's still better than you know, the worst music from, you know, the best band, other band out there. So, um, yeah, man, really, you know, there really is. I mean, you could take what would be, let's, let's say, t take a poll on Ride the Lightning and whatever the least voted song is, is still better than a lot of stuff that I've gotten into over the years, you know? Um, oh yeah. But I've, I'm the same way. I mean, my, I think my all time record's still going to be puppets, but you know, lately, same record. I've been, I've been jamming Ride the Lightning a lot lately and just realizing over and over again um what a perfect record it is yeah it really it really is there's a lot of um there's a lot of like you know it it's still got that raw sound almost kind of like kill them all sure you know, james's voice is really young so like i don't know about you but in my mind i'm like oh that's really early stuff and you kind of overlook it a little bit but then when you look at the songs that are on there you know it's like creeping death ride the lightning uh, fade to black it's like my favorite some of my favorite metallica songs is like how can this you know for whom the bell tolls oh my I gosh know, geez. you know and it's like this album has so many good songs how can you overlook this album and not think it's a great album and I mean, so it's just what's crazy there's so much is, to choose from from metallica and it's like right that's why it's like any day it could be my your favorite album something different so what's crazy is i mean if you think about it they, they play more songs off of lightning now than they do puppets yeah. Most yeah, shows, they they're only doing the song Master of Puppets. Maybe Sanitarium, maybe The Thing That Should Not Be. Uh, 
they've thrown in Leper Messiah here and there, but it's basically just puppets or a ba- battery too. That's in the rotating uh, encore slot. But I mean, they're they're usually doing two or three songs from Lightning. Well, Lightning, they got that real solid middle set where it's yeah. Creeping Death and For Whom the Bell Tolls, and sometimes they'll mix in another, you know, they'll mix in Ride the Lightning after right. that, too. And, you know, so, I mean, those two songs, Creeping Death and For Whom the Bell Tolls, those are really solid parts of the, you know, well, of the last tour, the North American tour, and those, and For Whom the Bell Tolls, I mean, starting on the, the arena or the stadium tour for uh, Hardwired, like, when I heard that, it, it really it was so heavy and it sounded so good live. I was like, man, I really forget how good this song is. Yeah, man. You know, and it's it's short, but it's powerful. Oh, it's gigantic, man. It's, you know, live yes. too. It's it's you're right. Short song. There's there's not like any real crazy guitar solo section other than Kirk messing around the outro. But um, it's short and sweet. It's heavy, and you know, it gives Robert a chance to shine and do his thing. Uh, no complaints. Yeah. They can leave it in the set forever. I'll be happy. And it's one of those songs where, you know, it has no chorus. Yeah. It's just you, you, two verses and a whole lot of crazy guitar riffs, and but you know it. And you even know the guitar parts and even yeah. the bass parts. So, I mean, it's just, it's such a great song. Well, wait, so are we still talking about, about From the Bell Tolls? Yes. Well, that one has a chorus. Fade to Black does not. The whole foo the yeah, bell yeah, toes. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you don't really think of that as a chorus. Yeah, you're right. Well, there's also there, there's also there's not a pre-chorus in the song. So, um, but uh, yeah, you had me confused for a second. I was like, wait a second, are we talking about fade to black now? <laughs> now, now, now I'm not I'm messing things up. <laughs> it's all good. It, but you know, yeah, there's no pre-chorus in the song, but it's it's as powerful as ever. They still sound great playing it, and uh, I'm not complaining. No, no, not at all. Um, so how many Metallica shows have you seen thus far in your, in your 47 years on Earth? Uh, the last show in Grand Rapids made 15. 15, that's awesome. And how many on yes. the Hardwired tour? I did nine on Hardwired. Damn. And uh, so how many How many were stadiums, how many uh, arenas? Uh, well, I had a black ticket for this last leg. Oh, yeah, dude. And I did nine there, but then I did two on the stadium tour, so I guess that made 11. Oh yeah, Total. that's awesome. The last two years, very yeah. cool. Um, were there any shows in the past, like uh, when you were younger? Um, like, what was your first show you saw? I saw them. Uh, you know, they did the shit hits the sheds tour, right? For um, live shit, and that's the first time I saw them. They, it was an outside arena here in Michigan. Um, I've seen them there twice, and then I've, I saw them a couple times in smaller arenas here in the state, um, and uh, the. You know the load tour when they had that you know from the where they did the cunning stunts video yeah um, with the stage falling down and everything going crazy that was the the most memorable one I saw because how crazy that was and everybody didn't know what was going on you know you got people falling out of the sky and yeah man so the, I yeah. saw that two nights in a row and the first night I saw it, I'm like what the hell's going on you know <laughs> and then you realize you know it's all part of the thing. And the second night, you knew it was going to happen, and everybody's freaking out. And you're just sitting there laughing about it. Yeah, totally. I, I'm sure that was crazy to see in person too, man. Because I mean, I didn't get to see them until the Death Magnetic tour. But um, watching the Cunning Stunts stuff, it's like I can imagine being there for the first time, seeing that tour, and all of a sudden, like a truss falls down, and some dudes on fire, and all this these explosions are happening. And you're like, oh my god, they're in danger. <laughs> yeah, well, that people forget, but that was 
shortly after James got burned. Right, yeah, it was only a couple, on that, couple years. Uh, Guns N' Roses tour, so they're kind of playing off of that. And, you know, he had broken his arm and played on skateboard, and so he had, yeah. there was a couple times where he was kind of out of commission, and so they played off of that big time, and people just freaked out about it. But Man, uh, that's, that's crazy. That would have been fun to see for sure. Yeah. Um, well, man, I'd love to uh, throw this in since we were talking about it on the phone before uh, this started. Uh, as we did an episode on, SNM2 is happening. And as of today, I'm sure we'll go into more depth on our next episode. But uh, as of today, Tuesday, um, they've announced a second show on Sunday. Um, not this Sunday, by the way. <laughs> September 8th, I think it is. Um and yeah, so they're, they're they're doing their best. They're doing their part to make sure that the diehard fans get their chance at tickets again. And uh, we were all speculating that's what they were going to do. And the one thing that I thought was extra cool that I wasn't expecting was they are making the tickets available to fan club members only. No public sales. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I when they made that announcement last weekend um, on the board about, you know, we're trying to come up with a solution, an obvious solution. I mean, that was what everybody thought, you know, they do at least one other show. Right. And um, there's plenty of time in that, you know, everybody thought that that was going to be a crazy opening week, but there's plenty of time that work another show in there. So I was kind of expecting a second show, but I, I didn't think they would make it fan club only. I mean, that just makes it extra cool. Um, and it really shows, I mean, that they know what's going on and they listen to what's going on. And they've got, if, you know, if they're not on the boards or on social media themselves, they have people that are telling them so that what that's what makes this band so cool is that they listen to the fans and they go out of their way to give back to the fans absolutely man it's you know somebody uh i think i was reading through the comments when they posted it on twitter and somebody i think put it perfectly they're like we don't deserve this band <laughs> no i mean you know, just coming off of that tour that north american tour this winter and getting to see them every night and what they do, how they interact with the crowd. I mean, they and just, they don't have to. You know, they've right. got you already. You're coming to see them play, and they've got you already. They don't have to stand up there. And, and you know, James every night does the thing where he talks about how grateful they are that people are showing up. And yeah, how awesome it is that the Metallica family is growing and that young people are coming, old people are coming. You know, he does that. And it's like, they don't have to do that. They just play their songs and go off stage and, you know, and, you know, move on to the next show. And, and, and they we, really go still out of their way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. I wouldn't be complaining if, if you know they come on stage, ran through the songs and left. I'd be like, that was awesome. That was great production, great performance, played songs I liked. Um so you told me on the phone prior to this that you you tried to get tickets for the first S and M two show. Yeah, I'm a legacy member because I had back in the nineties. Oh wow. Early part of the club. I had um I was a paid member for like four three or four years. And um, you know, when they I had forgotten about it actually. And when they made the club free to everybody a couple of years ago, you know, I obviously I was already on the board as just a posting person. Right. I wasn't part of the club then, but you know, everybody was automatically a member. But when the tickets went on sale for the stadium tour and, you know, they started doing the legacy members get first crack. Right. Thing, and I started reading about what legacy members were. I realized that was a legacy member. And like, so, oh my God, I'm a legacy member. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm grandfathered in back to what, 1994, I think. Awesome. So um, that's nice that, you know, you get first crack at everything, but 
you know, when they went on sale last week at noon, my time, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm online just like everybody else was just waiting for it and you hit the refresh button and nothing happens. You know, you can't yeah. get in to buy tickets. And, I mean, there wasn't even a, a chance at getting in there. There's, the demand was so big. Right. And, um, you know, I tried four pre-sales, three pre-sales that day and no chance at any of them. So, I mean, the demand was so high for this concert. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and, you know, you and I were briefly touching on this, that, you know, you've got a full U.S. tour. You've got, let's say, you know, everything goes on sale for Fifth Club members first. You've got, you know, what, probably a, a million? I think some I, I read online, someone said there's there's a little over a million registered Fifth Club members online. And yeah. so, you know, you when you've got like, let's say, 30 plus cities, you know, it's like there's a lot of people to choose different cities. But we're talking about one show that's supposedly at, at the time happening one night only and that's it. So you've got, let's say there's even a quarter of those people, 250,000 people trying to get 18,000 tickets or whatever the cap is in that new arena on top yeah. of, you know, bots to scalpers getting in there and trying to, you know, doing what they're doing now, which is reselling crap. You know, I, I looked on StubHub just yesterday. I saw one for $15,000. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't even know if the most diehard fan in Metallica's army would pay that unless you're like filthy rich or something. You're like, screw it. I'll do that. That's chump change. Yeah. I, that's just, Even if I had the money, that's still crazy. But yeah, but the thing too is I, I wonder if I had the money, if, yeah, I can afford it, but do I want to give the difference in what that ticket cost to some jackass that threw it on there for that much money? That's the thing. That's the principle. Yeah. Thing. You know, you don't, I mean, the band's not making that. It's this jackass that, you know, cut somebody in line and screwed somebody out of a, a fan out of tickets. That, right. You know, they're going to get $14,000 worth of profit. And I don't know. I wouldn't, uh, even if I was rich, I probably still wouldn't do that. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, the, the thing was, I, I wasn't really super worried about it, even after getting shut out of both, or yeah, both pre-sales and the regular seats on Friday, because those prices were going to come down. You know, the closer you get to the show, right? Those prices are going to come down no matter what. And I, my plan was just to wait until closer to the show and try to get seats at a, a more reasonable price. And I, you know, I, I'd be willing to pay, you know, three or four hundred maybe, yeah, for totally. a seat to see this show because it's so special, but not. Eight nine hundred dollars, or no, even a thousand, man. or fifteen hundred thousand. You know, yeah, but, and, um, and I really, I really hope that there weren't people out there that are, that are fans that w- went ahead and just bought them on StubHub. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they announce, or they, you know, that the thing goes out on the boards where, hey, we're gonna make, you know, make it right, and you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. So hopefully, no one like, I want to say, wasted money, but spent too much money, you know, on something that you know they could have had another chance to get on this next uh, presale. Well, I'm looking at that announcement even on the board today. There's a lot of people whining and complaining that I've already bought StubHub tickets. Oh, you no. Know, it's like, uh, you should have waited. I mean, I understand being excited about it and really wanting to go to the show. Yeah. It's SNL. You, nobody ever thought they would do another one. You know, I didn't. Metallica <laughs> doesn't usually go backwards on stuff like this. Right. But, um, you know, even when they first announced the show before the tickets went on sale last week, people were like, I'm booking the, the plane now and I'm booking my hotel now. They didn't even have tickets yet, you know, and it's like people get carried away. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Well, well, I guess the thing, though, if, if there are those fans out there that you're, you're talking about on the boards that did go ahead and buy StubHub tickets, at least you got a backup. Because here's the thing, like 
you're not guaranteed to get him this this second round either, like we talked about. There's there's no. there's, there's going to be more demand than there are tickets, and again, at least it's a little more narrowed down this time, you know. And and having been in the music business a long time, I can tell you that this is probably one of the best options. The the, the band, their management, the the the, the arena. Everyone involved in this in the, in these shows, this is like the best thing they can do. Minus, like we've mentioned in the last episode, selling tickets the old school way and lining up at like a record store. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion on the boards about how Europe. You some of the venues you have to have your name on the ticket. Right. You have to show up with your ticket and an ID in order to get in. And I like that idea. I know a lot of people. And then if you couldn't go to the show they let you resell the ticket to the band. Yeah. I mean, I don't see the problem in that, you know, like I would be more than happy. To, I mean, you got your ID on you anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Most people that are going to the show aren't, you know, showing up like, Oh dang it. I forgot my ID. Like, you know, I don't know. I think that, I think that's a good solution in the future, you know? Um, but something like this, I don't know. I mean, they're hot off this massive three, almost three year long tour or still not done with it, but you know, and this thing came up, and I think maybe the excitement of announcing this thing maybe outweighed kind of like what could happen with the ticket sales. Yep, I agree. And you know, with the with the CID packages, like if you get a, a an experience, you have to show your ID and you have to have the card that you bought the tickets with. Oh yeah, in order to get in. So I mean, that's all, they're already taking steps to try to avoid that. Yeah, with at least some of the tickets. So. I don't think that going that extra little bit of having name tickets or whatever would be that much to ask. Right. Yeah. So, am I correct in assuming? You know, go ahead. They were talking. They were talking on the show on the boards today too. That you know, for the 30th anniversary shows, they didn't. You had to show up at the show with your ID at the door, and then they gave you the ticket, and you immediately had to go into into the venue. There was no chance of scalping those. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I even like that. I mean. You know, you show up, you don't have a ticket, you have your ID, they give you the ticket and usher you in right away. Yeah, I, I thought, I'd imagine, you know, I mean, the Fil- the Fillmore cap is, uh, I've played there before, it's been a while, I'm, I'm going to throw out a wild guess and it's like 1500 Um You know, I'd imagine on a, on a larger scale, like eighteen to 20000 in an arena, it might be a little tougher to like, ha- you know, or maybe it wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, you're dealing with a lot more people, but I mean, a lot of shows you got to go and get wanded down anyways, why not check an ID? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully, you know, in the future, if they do more special shows like this, you know, uh, they'll maybe change something even even more so to where you know people like us can have access to these tickets. So, am I correct in assuming you're going to be uh, trying for round two here? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to go. I mean, so I'm going to try when they comes out. Yeah, awesome. Um, Whenever they announce it, I expect probably later this week they'll know what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, you know, all of, all the fifth club members, obviously the legacy members will probably get an email about it before maybe it goes to social media and stuff. Who knows? But, um, only time will tell, but I'm excited. You know, I'm already looking forward to, uh, in September, you know, hearing about everyone's experience, seeing videos and I can, we can all can only hope they're going to record this and release an SNM two with, you know, live DVD, all that stuff. Yeah, I expect it well. I expect it well. Especially now that they're doing two nights, man. They're going to have a lot of material to choose from. You know, all the songs that they've kind of, you know, they've they've said, you know, we're going to include stuff we've we've recorded since then. So basically you got St. Anger, Death Magnetic, and Hardwired. Um, 
But uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited to hear the Michael Kamen arrangements from the original one, and I, th- I think it's just going to be equally as exciting. Yep, I think so. And you know, the, it gives them twice as many options. You know, yeah, they they don't have to do the same set list both nights. You know, they could right. do the the standards from 20 years ago, and then both, you know different songs in each night from uh, the new stuff. Well, I'm fairly sure that they actually, I mean, that Michael came and wrote arrangements for more songs that, than, than were on the record that, you know, basically they, maybe they rehearsed them and got cut. So there may be an arrangement of fade to black, you know, cause when they said we're going to play his arrangements plus stuff that's been recorded since then, I mean, we don't know what other songs Michael came and arranged. He might've had his thoughts like, Hey, you know, we need to do fade to black or whatever. Um, so maybe that that stuff will get thrown in uh, from one of his original arrangements. Only time will tell. That'll be cool. Yeah, man. Um, well, hey, let's uh, let's let's rain, rain it back in <laughs> for a second, and let's uh, let's get into the uh, Indianapolis set list. All right. So was this um, was this were you since you were a black ticket holder were you, were you basically trying to get to any shows you could within driving distance or did you fly to any? I flew to I did Vegas last December. Um, it's the first time I've ever been to Vegas. Oh, cool. So I flew out there and then I did, um, you know, I wasn't planning on doing them, but once you get the black ticket, you're like, well, what shows can I add in? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh, originally I was thinking I'd do like four or five shows and I ended up doing like nine. So I did basically the last five straight shows. Awesome. And I flew to Kansas city in, um, Wichita, I did those. And then I drove to Louisville, um, Indiana and Grand Rapids was right here in Michigan, so that's basically my backyard. Yeah, that's awesome. That's nice to nice to end in, in your home state. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That's awesome. Were there any uh, any cool things happening that you knew about before the show? Any pre parties or hangs at bars or anything? I didn't do the pre party for the indie show. Um, I had to go back um, to Michigan in between Louisville, Indiana. Uh, my daughter, my stepdaughter, is having a baby. Oh wow. May. So I had to go to the baby shower on Sunday between the shows. Hey, that's metal, man. Yeah. So I drove. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, drove <laughs> I think Papa Head would five, approve, though. I, I hope so. I, I drove <laughs> the five hours back to Michigan, and then on Monday I drove the three hours back to Indiana. Um, so that was a lot. Of, I think it was like 24 hours on the road. Dang, man. On those three days. But it was worth it. Well, yeah, I mean, you got a black ticket in hand. I mean, I, you know, I would have done the same thing, uh, you know, had I not, you know, had a touring schedule and stuff like that. You know, I was I, I was literally about a day, I think about a day or so away from being able to go to Louisville. I had a day off two days before in Knoxville, and then I was in Louisville the day after the Metallica show. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So it, my schedule just almost worked out to come to Louisville, but I, yeah, I was bummed I couldn't do it. That sucks. I'm sorry. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I'm at I'm at five shows. I'm happy. I'm a happy camper man. It's better than one. Well, you got to do. You got to do the uh, floor at um, Nashville, right? I did the yeah. I've done. I did the floor at. i really at every show. I've done the floor. Um, yeah, uh, Nashville and Birmingham. We were both on the floor at Birmingham. Me and Clint got up to the rail, which was really cool. Uh, that was oh, my, nice. that was my first experience on the rail, and then in Nashville we were kind of hanging out by uh, Big Mick in that area with Sarah Sobeck and all them, and um, it was great. You know, I had a bunch of friends I didn't know were going to be at the show that kind of all of a sudden showed up in that area, and so that was a good experience. The floor is awesome. You know, I, I just wanted to be back further for that second one. 
of the arena tour uh, just to see the whole production with the cubes and everything. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, what was your experience with the rail compared to what you expected? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I felt bad because Sarah saved me a spot, me and Clint, and Clint got up there before I did. And, you know, he's a much smaller person than I am. And so I was like, oh, all these people are going to hate me. They're going to hate me when I get up there. I'm almost 6'4". And she's like, signal me for you to come up there. I'm like, okay, here I go. And I kind of made my way through the crowd and I got a couple dirty stairs. <laughs> but w- once I got up there and got planted, I, I-, I kind of hunched the whole show because I knew that people were, their vision was blocked because of me. Um, so I, I kind of made sure I-, I slouched down a little bit during the show. But man, about halfway through, I kind of stood up and I was like, I think everyone's cool. No one's looking at me anymore, obviously. So, but it- man, it was a yeah. cool experience because we were right in front of one of Hetfield's mics. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of Rob time, a lot of Kirk time. It was really cool, man. Um, I mean, lo, lo, at the end of the show, Lars like you know he spits out into the crowd. I mean, he was like five feet from us, so it, it was it was a very exciting place to be. I would highly recommend doing it at least one time. Yeah, I've done the rail for all except for the two shows. Oh, you have? And, okay, uh, cool. It, yeah, I, I could say Louisville and Indiana. Indianapolis, there was so many people there that it just, there was no chance. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, we get in with the unforgiving people, the black ticket people, and there's a lot of whiplash people for Indiana, especially. So okay. it was already too deep by the time we got in there. Oh, wow. But yeah. It's addicting being on the rail. It's so, it's, you know, you hear all these horror stories. Oh, by the time I got off the rail, my ribs were bruised and crushed, but it wasn't like that at all. It was, nah. people were really nice. Nobody was pushing and shoving. Yeah, everyone's super uh, cool around us. I remember that. And like, even at the very end when they're throwing out all those guitar picks, like, you know, um, Sarah and Pete were like holding stuff up to catch a bunch of them. And then the first thing they do is like start handing them out to people around them, you yes. know? And yes. that was cool. Every, everyone seemed to look out for each other, um, all on the rail and, I, I would say this. If I can do the rail again, I want to be fully on the rail. I had like one hand on the rail, mostly because I was like on those barricades. There's like almost a little a little slight step up before the, you, you hit the rail. Yes. So there's I, the metal part, right? Yep. Yeah. I had one foot on that and one foot on the floor. And so I was super uncomfortable. So I had to have my hand on the rail, but I couldn't get my full body on the rail. So I feel like if I can't get my full body on the rail and like elbows on that thing, then I'd, I think I'd rather be back watching the whole production. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is every, I, I had a couple of friends too, that would say this, you know, it's like, well, if we can't get the rail tomorrow, I'm just going to hang back by the, uh, you know, my big Mac and stuff. But then you get in there and it's like, you're so close to the front line. It's like, I, I got to go for a rail. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, well, maybe I don't want to be up front tonight. I'll just hang back. But you get in there. If you have a chance, you just, you, you go for it. Absolutely, man. No, it was, it was beyond exciting. I mean, that was the first time. I mean, <laughs> The first show I saw, I was on a rail. Um, <laughs> my first experience on the Death Magnetic Tour, we were able to get in like backstage and do all this stuff because the tour manager I was on tour with knew he used to work for Metallica and all that stuff. And I was basically behind Big Mix Rail because he, uh, when I first saw him, it was a much, oh, wow. it was a much bigger space. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't like right next to him, but like we were in the same area, and there was like just their guests and that was it so there was just like 20 of us sitting on this rail watching the show so we're further away you know we're, we're yeah. about where we were at the nashville show but it was still cool to have that space and not be super cramped you know yeah it was fun man um well sweet well man let's let's run through this set list uh unless you've got any other pre-show notes you want to let me know about 
Um, other than the fact, you know, like I said, there's a ton of whiplash people for this this one, so um, it was pretty full. But you know, the rail was all full by the time we got in there, right? Um, and um, you know, it was it's a big arena, and I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you knew know this or not um, with your insider info, but were the stages different sizes at different arenas? Uh, I don't think so. Only because the one in Birmingham was a lot smaller than uh, Bridgestone here in Nashville. And mm-hmm. the edge of certain parts of the stages, like basically like the, the two narrower ends of the arena floor where Hetfield's mics were, two of the yes. eight or whatever, they were a lot closer to the first row of seats than they were at Bridgestone. So I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the stage is the same size. Um, I'd have to ask one of my buddies that, that that works on that crew, but I'm fairly certain that that's the case. And I don't know if they have a, a, a second stage that gets set up before they get there, a rotating thing, but because um, they don't do two shows in a row ever. So I'd imagine it's all the same thing that goes on every truck to every show. Yeah. It just seemed like the state, by the time I got in there, maybe it's just where I was, but it seemed like the stage was a lot bigger because that's a big arena, you yeah. know? Uh, and it seemed like it was a lot longer than it was um, for some of the smaller places but maybe that was just because it, yeah. you know the smaller because we're smaller it might be but, a thing um, too that's as simple as you know you can add pieces to the stage you know and on each wing that goes out into the crowd you, you know it's not insanely hard to add extra pieces to that you know no no i, I wouldn't that's what i was kind of thinking is that maybe there's extra spots they put in the middle or something but um no i mean nothing particularly interesting or different about yeah this night i mean you know it was, I, I, I didn't end up on the rail. I ended up a couple rows behind the okay. rail. Um, but it, oh, the, it was, the floor was packed. Um, so I don't remember what, I think they set a record for this stadium too. They did. I, actually, I looked it up as 18,274. Yeah. So that the, the floor was packed and normally, you know, they, they make you leave, um, you know, pathways between the, the closest spots of the stage and the, where the seats start. But, I don't know if they didn't care or what the deal was here, but I mean, it was packed all the way yeah, to the seats. That's cool. You could not move, and uh, it was kind of it was cool. But nobody was like pushing or shoving or anything. You know, it was the standard. You know, everybody's here to have a good time. Yeah, and man. Metallica fans are cool with each other, kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, like like we said before. I mean, I, every show I've been to, man, like <clears throat> even not knowing people around me, like everyone's cool and respectful. They, you know, there's the occasional like super drunk dude that like thinks it's 1989 and he's just like where's the fucking pit man you know like yeah but i think that those kind of people are a little more few and far between you know the older the band gets and stuff everyone everyone's there to actually watch the show and not just get hammered and start a pit and pass out you know yeah well there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of us older folks on the floor too so yeah totally (laughs) i'm i'm a chill concert going man i like to stand back and just absorb the whole thing i don't want to like scream in another person's face every lyric and stuff like that i'm all sing along and stuff but i i, I don't want to miss anything i like to look I, you know we've talked about this before i like to look around and see what's going on besides what's on the stage too like yeah. i'm really fascinated yeah. about all the stuff that goes on around the stage and all the you know when the guys come off and all the stuff that goes on to help them and um you know i've been behind, behind lars's little pit area a couple times on the tour and it's cool to see him come off stage and go in his little tent and i don't know what goes on in there i assume they give him something to drink and maybe rub him down too and then the kirk will come off when rob's doing anesthesia and get his uh 
needle adjustment on the table, yeah. little rub down. <laughs> All that stuff is fascinating to me. I like to watch what's going on. Listen, man, um, if I was their age and that successful, you can bet your ass I'd have a, mas- a masseuse. Every other oh, yeah. every other song, I'd be taking a break. Like I'll be right back. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Well, cool, man. Well, let's let's run through the set list. I mean, I know that you've been to a bunch of shows. We've done a bunch of these episodes, so you know we don't have to like camp out on every single song. But if there's something you know uh, notable that you want to throw out there, you, you got a cool set list this night. Um, uh, you know, let me know if there's something that camps out. But maybe start start to walk us through the set list. Okay. Well, it was the standard. You know, they start with Hardwired and Atlas, which are pretty freaking cool songs. Um, you know, they've done them every. They've opened every show with that. Little right. Thing. Yeah. They're kind of standards. Um, and you know, no matter how many times you hear them, um, they're always good. Absolutely. Um, and then there's, you know, he stops and he does his, you're going to hear some new stuff. You're going to hear some middle or career stuff. And you hear some old stuff and he jumps into seek and destroy and everybody goes crazy for seek and destroy. Oh yeah. I and, mean, uh, how can you not? I mean, it's, it's, it's probably their most played song of off kill them all. But I mean, being an early, this early in the set on this tour, I love, I mean, it's like right from the new record straight into the first record. Yeah. Yeah. And every, you know, that's when the cubes start popping up and down too. Yeah, totally. And uh, people freak out about that, especially when you're on, close up on the rail, those things come down right on top of your head. Yeah, it they like totally do. <laughs> people, you know, it's fun to watch. Even, you know, you've, you've seen it eight times or whatever and you know what's coming, but you watch what other people are doing. You see how excited they get. So it's it's cool watching other people that don't get to see it every night. So it doesn't get old. You know, it never gets old. Yeah, for sure. I agree, man. And and uh-huh. especially on Seek, it's cool too because that's when they start moving, and that's when you see like all the old school flyers and stuff like that uh, being projected. Yeah, not projected. <laughs> yeah, there's projectors everywhere on the on the on the on the digital screens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, then we hop in the Ride and Lightning, and that's one of the songs I hadn't heard. Oh, nice! On this tour yet? On this, you know, the North American this time through, and so I was really excited to hear that. Heck yeah, um, man! You know, that's that's always exciting to see something for the first time. Um, uh, I don't. The one I was hoping for, uh, I still haven't seen that one either. But you know, like when they get into the encore, like I still hadn't seen "Spit Out the Bone." But um, yeah, that had been exciting to hear "Ride and Lightning" live for the first time. Yes, and it's the one song I, one of the songs I haven't heard ever before on any of the other concerts either. So that was a new song experience for me yeah, live. That's rad, man. It it sounded so good. I was listening back to the show today to get ready for this, and it sounds so great. I mean, they they're right on right on with it, man. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I mean, I think this tour has, you know, conditioned them even more to be even better musicians. You know, I know Lars will get a lot of flack for his timing and stuff like that, but I mean. Every show I saw on this on this tour, I was just like, they were solid. You know, there was a couple little flubs here and there, but they're human beings. They don't play the tracks. You know, they're going to make mistakes as musicians. I, I I made mistakes last night. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a mistake coming up later on. We'll talk about this. Okay. Pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. No, it sounded great, and then they hit Unforgiven. Every time they go into Unforgiven, I didn't get to see the third, you know, Unforgiven 3 when they did it, I think, in Minnesota. Yeah. I didn't go to that one. Um, so every time they pop up on the Unforgiven tape, I'm always like, is it going to be 3? Is it going to be 3? Right. But um, it's, it's just, you know, the normal, just the usual old Unforgiven song. 
Yeah, but it's, you oh. know, it's, I mean, it's sometimes, you know, I actually had a friend text me today. He was listening to one of our top 10 episodes and he was commenting on my favorite song is Blackened. And I immediately texted him. I'm like, you know what? Every once in a while, I feel like The Unforgiven is my favorite song. It's just perfect for like a he- kind of heavy ballad. You know, it's <coughs> it's such a great, well-written song. One of Kirk's best solo, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And to watch him do that solo in front of you. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Sure. He is such an amazing director. I've really, you know, seeing them as much as I have in this tour, I've really come to have a really new new respect for Kirk. I mean, he is just an amazing, he makes it effortless too. Yeah. It looks sure, so man. easy. Yeah, it really does. You know, and, and I often think even when I've seen him live or when I'm listening to records or live records or whatever, I often think like, man, I can't imagine this band with Dave Mustaine in it, you know, like, Oh, I don't think don't, don't, they'd be, I don't think, don't well, I don't think started. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, Kirk's written some of the coolest stuff. I mean, well, I'll say this, if, if Mustaine was in the band, they wouldn't have Enter Sandman. <laughs> You know, nope. they wouldn't have their, their most popular song of all time. The, you know, the, like, yep. it, so there you go, man. Props to Kirk all day. A funny story about this song. I was listening to, the, you know, the show today and um, I had it on the speakers in the house. And my wife's like, what do you think um, he means by um, I did the Unforgiven? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you think he murdered someone? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He's like that one part where she, where he says, "I did the Unforgiven," and I'm like, "You mean where he says I dubbed the Unforgiven?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh, I didn't know that's what he said was saying." I'm I thought like, he "Killed someone this whole time." Yes, I was like, "You thought James killed someone?" I was like, "He's not Vince Neil." I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, have you, have you watched the Dirt yet? Yep. Uh, yeah, I watched it the other night on the on the bus to uh, South Carolina. We don't have to get into it. I will say, totally watch it. It's very entertaining. Uh, some of the people I, got, I know that have complained about it and said it was cheesy, my response is, it's Motley Crue. What do you expect? Yes. Do you expect it to be serious? The first half of the show is probably the best part. Yeah, I agree. I think when they... Yeah. And that's true of their careers, too. Agreed, yeah. It follows their career <laughs> very well, yeah. We won't give any spoilers yeah. if you haven't seen it, but it's definitely worth a watch. If you have Netflix, it's there. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. where are we now? Slot six, now that we're dead. Yep. That's next. And with the cubes and the drums. Any th- any any thoughts on the drum circle? Uh, I dig it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you guys that it sounds better on the arena tour than it did in the stadium. I'm glad they shortened it up a little bit. For sure. I wasn't real crazy about the big giant, like, huge drums they were using on the stadium tour yeah those are massive um, i get it for because it's a stadium and, and there's people sitting so far away they need something gigantic that looks crazy but uh the cubes are way cooler and cleaner looking yes fits with the and, stage you know, already obviously yeah and it's cool when you see them come up too out of the ground oh yeah absolutely before I'm, the song starts i remember when i first saw uh like a photo of them playing those things i didn't for some reason didn't think at all like oh they came up from under the stage uh, and that was, I just thought that was cool. I mean, it's much obviously a cleaner and smoother transition if, if it's that as opposed to like, you know, a couple of texts rolling them out on stage. But yeah, it's so rad look when they just start coming out of the stage and yeah, it's so cool. I like this song. I like the way they do it too, because you know, James, he, he looks like he's really having fun, especially on his drum parts. Yeah, for sure, man. And Lars looks like he's having fun too. He gets up and he gets to show off and, 
pretend like he's the ringleader. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like to watch Kirk and and, uh, and Robert. I mean, Kirk's just over there, just like I'm doing whatever. <laughs> and yeah, Robert, you can, you can tell they're not. I mean, they're not really. They're not drummers. I mean, and it's fairly no. obvious if if you're a drummer or maybe not. Even the way they hold the sticks, their pinkies are kind of out, and that's a kind of a no no in drumming. Um, yeah. And uh, but they're you know they're having fun. They have smiles on their faces, and that's what we want to see with these dudes after this long career. I agree. Yeah, man. Um, well, getting into what we talked about earlier, the uh, wonderful one-two, sometimes three-punch, but this in this case, an indie uh, two-punch of Creeping Death and Bells. Yep. never get These never get old. No, never. I mean, the die, die, die. Everybody loves doing a die chant. Um, every, I always like watching the security people. They start freaking out when the whole stadium's <laughs> punching the air and screaming die and not knowing what's going on. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, these songs are creeping death is probably one of my favorite songs. It really is, man. I mean, I'm at the point. I, I just, I just hooked up a new record player in my studio. I haven't had one down here just in my den. And I grabbed like some vinyl to put down here. And I literally grabbed my entire Metallica collection of vinyl, put it on your side. I'm, I was just like, as you were talking about creeping death, looking over my record player, thinking like, I'm going to listen to ride lightning tonight. <laughs> yeah. On vinyl. Yeah. You know what the cool thing about Creeping Death is? What other metal, heavy metal band has written a song about the Passover? Right. You know, when people talk about you know, how evil Metallica is, I'm like, you know how biblical that song is? <laughs> yes. No, I mean, nobody, nobody else does that. And, you know, the funny thing was, I for a long time, I didn't know what the song was about. I'm just like, yeah, Creeping Death. Then you look at the lyrics and like, hey, that's like the Ten Commandments movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, it's about the Passover. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, and if anything, you know, writing something very biblical, especially back in 84, I think that's pretty metal of them to do, you know? I mean, pretty punk rock. Like, I, I think it's awesome. Absolutely. And then, I mean, you think about it, you go from Creeping Death, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and For Whom the Bell Tolls, I mean, it's a book, but I, as I understand it, James wrote that after watching the movie. Uh, okay about the books i mean those are two songs that he wrote off of movies you know classic movies right yeah you know and they're both on the same album and it's like you know that's his inspiration is these awesome old classic movies and it's like Mm -hmm. once again what other band does that i know man you can't it's a thing dude you know even you know even if whether you like san anger or not or load or reload even even if you took the first five records and took uh hardwired and that was it I think that catalog right there, shortened, is better than any other metal band in the world. Absolutely. So that's my that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Um, Absolutely, dude. You got to see "Here Comes Revenge." Yep, that's awesome. It's the second time I saw it too. I, they played it in Wichita. Oh man, I think they played it what four, maybe four times in that last run. Yes, um, yep, four out of the last seven. Man, what a treat, dude, to see that. It sounded really good this night too. And yeah. as I understand it, the the people, you know, he wrote that song about those parents who's lost their daughter to drunk driving accident. Oh yeah. And then they decided to take up her love for the band and follow them around and see the concert. That's so cool. As I understand it, they were there that night at the show. Wow. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably why they played it. I think um, as I heard it, somebody said that Lars saw him there, and that's why they played it that night. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. That's heavy. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was cool. And that you know, I really like that song. It's one of my favorite songs off of Hardwired. Um yeah, I think a lot of people overlook it. That's a great song. And, uh, and the video is really super cool too. Yeah, man. I, I, I the cartoon with the animals and the heads on the wall and the mama deer. Yeah. So, the, so the, I, I didn't actually uh, talk about this when I talked about the debut of it, but um, uh, so they're basically playing kind of like they do on on Halo. They play like the video, um, in the cubes. Cool. That's awesome, man. That's so yeah. cool. And it was cool because at Wichita, where I was on on the rail, I got a picture of James singing the song in front of us. And then the background, one of the cubes has a picture of the, you know, the mama deer from the video on it. And I got them both in one picture. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very nice, man. Well, who knows? Maybe they threw this in either to get closer to playing every track of a hardwired or who knows? Maybe, maybe this is one of the ones they're planning on doing for S&M too. That would be cool. That would be very cool. I, the, the, I, off the top of my head, the number one song I would love to see post S and M one, I think, would be Unforgiven three. Yeah, I think that would sound really cool. The symphony would be amazing. Oh man! Yes, yes. Um, all right, back to the old school. Hit the lights. You missed the doodle. Oh, I did miss the doodle. My bad. I, and what's funny is, and I looked this up today because I had no idea who it was that they were playing. I was just looking up, um, looking it up too, and of course, literally, I, I looked it up like forty-five seconds ago, and I almost skipped it. Um, I'm looking at the song titles they did. Who uh, who does who does these? Zero Boys. I guess they're an indie band or Indianapolis local band, oh, or they okay. were like a punk band. And I looked them up, and I listened to a couple of their songs on uh, YouTube like whenever old, it was on YouTube like, today. Like old punk band. Oh yeah, they are from uh, yeah, Indiana. like. Hardcore punk quartet from Indianapolis. Yep, and they didn't sound too bad either. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge punk fan, but the, what I heard today was pretty good. And what they these guys did, and, you know, uh, Kirk and uh, and Rob sounded really good too. Yeah, I, lo- I love hearing Rob sing. It's because when you know we first joined the band, he didn't do a whole lot of singing. Right, and I don't I don't really think that's his forte. But he's really you know come around more lately. He's doing more and. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's and it's a fun moment for them. You know, I know they 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 go over these songs like the day of, and I think Rob picks them out usually. So it's cool. He either knows the band or does some research, or like oh, I used to know this cool punk band from indie, and this is why we're gonna do these songs. So I, it's a it's a, it's, he, it's usually a nod to the city they're in, which is cool. Yeah, and he seems to know. I don't know if punk is just like in his wheelhouse, being from where he is out in California, but he seems to know a lot of punk stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff he's picked seem to be like punk bands local punk bands i think was it cleveland they did somebody you know no, pittsburgh they did a local punk right yeah too i think it's cool man i mean I, he yeah he being from southern california and i'm sure those early years in suicidal tendencies i mean they were kind of they mixed in punk rock with their sound too so i'm sure those guys were all obsessed with that stuff yep and then they did johnny uh john mellicamp there you go i need a lover that won't drive me crazy yeah not a big uh, Coog fan myself. However, I understand they're in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Kind of have to. They should have done Michael Jackson. That's where he was born. Oh, maybe, that's true. Although, maybe, maybe because that documentary, maybe it was kind of like, eh, let's not do that just yet. <laughs> too controversial. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, okay. Now I can say hit the lights. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, walk us through the next uh, next batch of songs here. Uh, hit the lights. Um, 
you know, I heard that somewhere else on this tour too, but you always like to hear it. And I know, I, I think James really likes to play this song. He always makes a big emphasis after they play or yeah, after they play it, though, you know, it's the very first Metallica song and it just, it sounded great. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, I love it when they do all these old songs and the whole stadium knows it and they get into it and everybody's screaming along. I think, you know, American audiences get a bad rap that they don't know the whole catalog. And a lot of times they don't know the whole catalog, but when you get to one of these old songs like this, that everybody knows and everybody's singing, it's loud and it's, just really well done yeah i, I love yeah. seeing that because you know it gives us some reps i mean american audiences aren't bad you know no 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 i mean like I, i've talked about on the show before i mean like you go to south america and europe sometimes people are absolutely insane and, and american audience can be a little more tamed but when it's a band like metallica though like uh, the shows i went to i was like okay this feels like when i've been at a festival in europe or south america or whatever yeah yeah and you know it's funny there was uh, a couple of girls from ecuador the Ecuador group oh, right cool. in front of us and the whole night they're just jumping up and down swinging their hair like all night like every song and I'm just like wow where do they get their energy from <laughs> but I like to watch uh, I like to put the Metallica channel on YouTube on at night and watch it while I'm going to sleep yeah and um, just let it play and the other night there was a, um, two songs from uh, Latin America somewhere I don't remember what they were even but you look at the crowd there was a stadium and you look at the crowd the whole stadium's doing that. Oh yeah, man! You wouldn't believe it. Like you watch any any like really any band, anything from Metallica to Paramore to The Cure to whoever, people go absolutely crazy in South America. It's it's mind blowing to see from the stage. Yeah, I just I just wish I had some of their energy. <laughs> <laughs> We're in our forties, dude. I don't know if it's gonna happen. No, yeah, I threw my back no. out yesterday. How how is that for forties? <laughs> That's old. Not fully out. I'm 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 sitting comfortably right now. But today, literally, doing this episode is the first time all day I've been able to sit down and not have my back start freaking out. I find standing up. The second I sit down, I'm like, oh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we're old. Um, That's getting old. <laughs> totally. Uh, all right, let's move on. Fuel with the flames. Can't can't That's- go wrong. No, I love those flames, and it's so hot, and everybody, people go crazy for it in the audience. They, you know, that's one of the things I like to watch when people go crazy with the flames. It gets so hot. And is your friend Matt? Is he still doing the pyro on this tour? No, no. After he did uh, the stadium tour, he ended up out on Taylor Swift's world tour. So he was out doing pyro on that for like, God, I think over a year. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's he, he's here in after though. He's awesome. Hey, Matt, if you're listening. We need to hang soon. Um, uh, yeah, no, he's he's awesome. It was really fun to have him on the show and, and talk pyro and all the all the technicalities behind all that stuff because it's it's insanely fascinating. Well, that explains when I tried to say hi, Matt, to the pyro guy. He ignored me. <laughs> You're like Matt. He's like, that's not my <laughs> <Yeah>. name, dude. <laughs> he's pretty stoic. Whoever the pyro guy is now, he's pretty stoic and he doesn't really pay much yeah. attention to the. Crowd. Well, there's there's a few that'll be on like the pyro team. I know on the stadium tour there was a bigger team uh, on the pyro uh, team, <laughs> the team twice. Um, and the stadium, or sorry, the arena tour. Maybe it's a few less guys. I don't know. There's not as much pyro either. So he um, has like two or three songs all night that he has. To, I mean, mostly he just sits there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Waiting to hit the red button. Like here we go. Oh, they're playing field. Here we go. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's a nice gig, though, if you can get it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, but I love hearing fuel. I mean, people go crazy for it. 
And um, oh, yeah. it's just a fun song. Ab- absolutely, man. Speaking of fun, and then we go Moth in the Flame. In the Moth. Yep. And the, uh, you know, I love watching these little, the little drones. Oh, they're so badass. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's just fun. You know, you know, you don't, you get caught up in watching them circle around and you don't even pay attention to what's going on with the song, really. Yeah. And I love Moth into a Flame. That's a great song. Oh, it's a great song. Great live tune. Uh, you know, this one, they play a little faster and I'm, it, I think it sounds awesome. Yeah. I think this is a, a, from the day I heard it, when I got Hardwire, the day it came out, I think this is a classic. Yep. Instant I classic. Agree. I, I, I hope it's a, it's in every set. I would love to hear this with the symphony. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. That'd be great, man. Just doubling the, da, and maybe, da, da, da. and maybe we'll get Lady Gaga to help the guest on it too. If she's around. Hey, I'm not opposed, man. I dug that performance. I'm not a hater. I did too. I did too. Now she's a fan. Actually man. between that and the Super Bowl thing that it kind of got me into a Gaga thing for a while. Dude, my wife makes fun of me. There's a couple Lady Gaga songs, and they come on. Like, Bad Romance, I think, is an awesome song. And speaking of... Yes. <clears throat> uh, we had, when we had Hailstorm on, I was dipping into some of their like ca- past catalog, and they, they've done three cover EPs, and they covered Bad Romance. So Hailstorm does an awesome version of it. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's on, I can't remember which, which volume. They have three different cover EPs, and Bad Romance is on one of them, and it's really good. I I dig that lightning cover that they did. I'm gonna have to check that out. Have you heard their uh, ride the lightning cover? Yes, I dig that. Oh, they nailed that one. Yes. Um, I dig that last album too. You know, I I hadn't I heard a couple of the songs um, on the radio or whatever. You know, since that album came out. But after the episode, I went and I checked out the whole album and just kind of binged on that for a couple yeah, of days. And Vicious is a great record, man. <clears throat> yes, I've got that. Down. And they're a great interview. What's that? They were a great interview. Oh man, I'm telling you, they're they're the nicest. Joan, Lizzie are the nicest people. Um, I we hung out with them like the next day. Went and had a couple of beers with them. Hung out at their studio uh, um, up north in Nashville, and uh, and we're we, we're still in touch all the time. Like I was just hitting up Joe. They were just in Australia, um, uh, doing shows down there, and, and I had come across a piece of gear in North Carolina or something, and I texted it to him, and we ended up texting about gear for an hour and or whatever, and. And he's like, dude, let's hang out when we get back. Like, they're just, the, I'm telling you, they're the nicest people we've, we've met in, in a long time. Yeah, they saw, I heard them I, on Chris Jericho's podcast last fall, too. Yeah. And um, I, so I'd heard them before, and they were great on that podcast. They're great on your podcast. And I, I just, I dig them. I dig that, man. Yeah, they're great. Both have great personalities, just lovely people, and, and just genuine, passionate fans of music. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, we get our last couple uh, before we get the encore. Moving on to Sabbath True. Yeah, and this is like at the end of Moth, that's when James likes to do his talk about the Metallica family, and he does the old people thing, and then he talks to the kid in the crowd. Right. It, it, you know, the guys walk around a little bit. Around, you know, Kirk and Rob and Lars will walk around um, and, you know, wave at the crowd and talk to people and stuff. And I felt bad because I, I don't usually pull my phone out and take a lot of pictures. Or, you know, do anything with my phone during the show because it drives me nuts when people, you know, Ecstasy of Gold comes on, everybody right away throws their phone up in the air. Yeah. It's like, just watch the show. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've heard that his spiel like a million times. And so when that came on, I'm like, I'm going to check my email. And I was looking for the email for the Grand Rapids show, you know, just to make sure I was for sure signed up for it. Oh, right. Normally they come in 48 hours 
before the show, which is right at showtime. So I'm on my phone looking to my email, and all of a sudden I realize the spotlight's on me, or one of the spotlights has <laughs> is, is come to me. I look up, and Kirk's standing like right in front of me looking at me. And I look up, and we, we, you know, we lock eyes, and I'm like, oh, and I roll my eyes, and I just like slap my head, and he starts laughing. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I felt so bad because here, you know, I'm on the phone when they're doing their thing, and I'm like, I've been here for eight shows. It's okay. You're like, I dude, I'm just trying to make me. sure I can come to the next show. <laughs> and the worst part was I had his um, mummy guitar. I've got his mummy guitar on a t-shirt. Oh, cool. So I had his shirt on that night and he, it like kind of pointed at me earlier cause he saw me with it. And so then he saw me, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Kirk. <laughs> You're like, sorry, dude. <laughs> I felt so bad. Oh, I'm sure it's cool. He's, I'm sure he's seen much worse every show. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're obviously nearing the end, which uh, really from Moth doesn't hasn't really changed this whole North American tour. Moth, Sad, One, Puppets, um, anything notable in the end of the end of this uh, main set? No, Sad but True is a heavy ass song. Um, I love One. I've always loved One since I first you know that was one of the first songs I heard off of Justice. Right, and you know, and you know the the cubes are kind of cool because it's got pictures of the old military people mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of world war one pictures and soldiers on there and stuff and uh master is just master of puppets man i mean that's honestly i think that's the perfect metallica song yeah it's pretty perfect and that's probably the the greatest song they've ever made it's not my favorite but it's the greatest song they've ever made and everybody sings to it and, yeah you know when people sing and it makes james happy and when they he likes to play with the crowd a little bit on that song too yeah and, totally man and I, I finally kind of learned about the Pancakes Go thing. <laughs> I so know, isn't that weird? Now I catch it when he says it. And for years, I've never noticed that until this tour. And totally. uh, it's fun to, to catch it when he says that. Oh, it's hilarious. And, yeah, um, it's so funny to hear that now. When I finally heard it in person for the first time, I just started laughing. I'm like, there it is. Yep. Pancakes Go. And <laughs> I Honestly, I don't know what he says there. <laughs> so now that I know he, he says that Pancakes Go live, it's like, yeah, Pancakes Go. Man, good, good. Now I'm hungry. I want to go. Let's go to Waffle House yeah. on the way back. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what what song were you hoping to get for coming back into the uh, encore? Well, we got "Fight Fire with Fire," which you cannot go bad with. I of mean, it's another not. Justice song, and I love I love the song, and it sounded it great. I was listening to it today. It sounded great. I mean, it sounds freaking amazing. The only song I didn't get to hear off of this tour that they rotated. That I really wanted to hear was Leper Messiah, and that sounds great too live. Uh, okay, yeah, that um, was, that was a little more rare than some of these. Yeah, I don't think they played it since Buffalo. Oh wow, okay, been that long. Yeah, so last fall. But um, I mean, how can you complain about this? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this slot's always a thrasher. I mean, it's usually this blackened battery or spit out the bone, and they they haven't been doing spit out the bone in like the last week or so. They didn't do. Did they even do it on the whole last run? I think they might have done it at. Uh, either one of the two Texas shows they, okay. they did it. It all, um, it all jumbles, jumbles together. This there point. at those, but yeah, um, I've heard it though. I, heard, I think I heard it twice. Yeah. I think they did it in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um. So and it sounds great live. Yeah, I would love to see Fire, Fire like with the, Fire as well. I, I didn't get to see that one. I, I on all four Worldwide shows I saw was either Battery or Blackened. Yeah, and uh, Battery song. I, I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. Um. Off a master too, so um, "Fight Fire with Fire" is one of the songs I hadn't ever heard them play live. Yeah, 
So, yeah. you know, I got two songs in this one show. Yeah, you got two, two brand new songs. Two, uh, two personal debuts. Yes. That's and, awesome, I mean, man. How, how can you complain about that? You can't. It's impossible. It's scientifically impossible. Exactly. Um, so, Nothing Else Matters and Is Sandman, the, the, the staple enders, the two biggest songs from the Black Album. Um, anything notable in these? I mean, we, we know these songs. We love these songs. If you don't love these songs, I don't really know what's wrong with you, but... I love these songs. I mean, you, these they did play them. They played them. It's one of the two staples they've always played. People complain about them because they're black album songs, and there's so much black album in this. But I mean, you got to think about the people. This is their only time they're going to get to see them. Yeah, or maybe yeah. their first show. So you know, everybody knows these songs. Everybody loves it. I can't tell you how many people have told me that nothing else matters was their wedding song. Yeah, I've heard that. And it's like everybody wants to hear them. Yeah, so, man. I mean, I'm not going to complain. I mean, you, you, you get, you know, them and you hear them every night, but still you sing along when they come on. And it's like, especially Sandman, when you get into Sandman and everybody's jumping around and it really pumps up the crowd for the last song. And so everybody goes home happy. Yeah, dude. Um, I think enter Sand, any with enter Sandman. I mean, as much as I'd like to see it maybe in the first half or the first main set to me, this whole tour playing enter Sandman dead last it's like the ending credits of a movie. It's like, yeah. you're like, yeah, we did it. We're here. You know, we've made it yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the songs they do pyro on too. Yeah. So, you know, they do the, the fireworks on there and it's real big and explosive. And right, man. It's just people get into it. People jump around. People are happy when they go home and it's cool. I yeah, mean, I dude. got no problem with it. Absolutely, I got no problem man. with it at all. I'm w- I am with you. I think I think we would be uh, good show buddies. <laughs> yeah, and you, I, I just I once this show's over, usually I just stand there and chill out for a little while. You know, they throw out they do the picks where they throw out the picks. Yeah, and if you're anywhere on the floor, anywhere in the first, really on the first five rows in the seats, even you're going to get a pick because they take buck and like those big solo cups, like four or five of them each. Just throwing them out. Oh yeah, I'm sure they make a couple thousand picks per city and just toss them out. I mean, yeah. I've, I've got numerous cities that my friends that work for the band have hooked me up with, and I've got picks of all the shows I've seen, minus uh, the one in Australia. But um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun moment at that point. You know, they're saying their goodbye, saying the quick little tidbit on the mic. People are getting some picks. It's you know, it's good vibes all around. Yep, and there, you know, some that's the one thing everybody can take home. You know, if you get close enough. Mm-hmm. They're generous with them, so Agreed, it's man. cool. It's a lot of fun. Well, everybody listening, there you have it. There's uh, our late, late but not ever, not never. How would I say that? Late but never, whatever. I don't care. Belated, uh, belated. There's our belated metal tales of Indianapolis. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to TJ for joining me on this phone call to talk about the show and uh, and your thoughts on the S and M two show. And dude, I hope you get tickets to the second show. I do too, and thanks for having me. And um, hopefully, I'll talk with you guys in the future again. Yeah, man, and hopefully this won't be the last Metallica tour we see. No, I hope not. I think that you know, I think the economy's better. I think they this tour. I think this tour really surprised them how well they did. I think so, so too. I think they'll be back in the states more often. I think they spent a lot of time going to Europe because they had to. That's where yeah. everybody's crazy about concerts. Right, man. Well, you know, I think I, I, even I, if the economy was in the tank at another point in the future, I think this is one of those bands that I'd still, you know, save up for and go to at least once. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, man. Well, with that, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to TJ, and we'll see you on the next uh, Metal Tales. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more! After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in North Dakota somewhere. We want to hear from you. Since Ethan and I started Metal Up Your Podcast, we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories. Well, this is it. To make yourself eligible for a future or past Metal Tales episode, please consider joining us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you not only get to come on the show as a guest, you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios.